Hey y'all, welcome to the first bonus episode of season three. As I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I'm only committing to five to six episodes or months, really five to six months per season. And really anything beyond that is simply a bonus. So this episode was actually requested by a number of my followers on Instagram after I revealed that I had a whole baby. Um, And the significance of my motherhood journey is that it comes after a breast cancer journey. So if you're new to my platform, here's the recap. In May of 2019, I was diagnosed with stage zero DCIS, which means um, stands for ductal carcinoma in situ. So four months later, I had a mastectomy done on my left breast. Once they went in for the surgery, however, they discovered that it was more advanced and it was actually stage one breast cancer. Um, So my biggest fear of going through the cancer journey was getting treatment. It was freaking me out because getting chemo or radiation therapy would jeopardize or would likely jeopardize my chances of becoming a mother, which was something that I always dreamt of becoming, right? So a day or two after the surgery, when I was home, my my surgeon called and she gave me the post-op pathology results. I held my breath, but thankfully she delivered amazing news. I didn't need any type of treatment. My fertility was intact and my health was basically back to normal with a life expectancy of 99%. The only catch was my oncologist wanted me to get on a pill uh, called tamoxifen, which is a drug that would be used to further reduce the chances of my cancer returning. So my issue with tamoxifen was that I wouldn't be able to conceive while being on it, which was not at all in alignment with the timeline my partner and I have for family creation. So long story short, we pushed back on uh, having to take tamoxifen and opted to wait until after having our first child. The rationale was that since my life expectancy was so high and since the chances of my cancer returning was significantly low, that there really wasn't a cause for concern. Um, And if there was like my oncologist would have pushed back, but ultimately it's, it's my, it's our decision, right? Um, There wasn't any research to back up our idea of, you know, breaking the tamoxifen treatments into two or three segments. So they really couldn't tell us no either way. Right. Um, so after the initial surgery, I had to wait a couple of months before I could get my reconstructive surgery and breast implant. Um, and then after that I had to do some more healing and then we were basically ready to start making, you know, baby making moves. Insert ominous music here. So right when we were going to get started, here come COVID-19. There we were, ready to make a whole baby, and the world went into lockdown and presented a shitload of unknowns. Needless to say, there was no baby in 2020. So fast forward, I got preggers in the summer of 2021. And now for the fun. So being that I was 38 at the time, my pregnancy was considered high risk and was commonly referred to as a geriatric pregnancy. And I really wish they would come up with some better names for this because, or just get rid of it altogether because it's just disrespectful. Anyway, 
So due to my age, I had to get additional screenings, which I honestly didn't mind because I enjoyed looking at the ultrasounds, even though like there was a point where I stopped looking at the ultrasounds because I didn't want to know <laughs> what the gender was. Um, but overall, my pregnancy was pretty sweet, right? It wasn't until like the last couple of weeks that um, there was discomfort and aches and pains and all those things started to get to me. Um, so the doctors claimed that I went past my due date, but we beg to differ. At any rate, um, I was induced, which was a very interesting labor experience to say the least. But on the upside, uh, the the delivery itself was a breeze. Baby things came out in like 15 minutes, y'all. Like my girl. Yes. So now came the real test. The fourth trimester is a thing. It's a thing that nobody talks about. So not only do women have to take care of the baby, right, but they have to deal with so much physically and mentally with their own bodies, right? So yeah, you might have support and help for the baby, but you still have to deal with the stuff that's going on with you. So I know you're probably like, well, well, what does the whole breast cancer journey have to do with this part of life? So most of the time before I got pregnant, I totally forget about the cancer journey. Right. Especially since I didn't need treatment and since I've just gotten used to this, you know, my left boob. But now as the mother of a newborn, I'm constantly reminded of it. Right. So it can hit hard depending on my hormone levels, of course, or whatever other thoughts may be going through my subconscious at at any given time. Um. My milk production probably has been the biggest challenge for me mentally and physically, right? Because you'll be able to produce enough milk with one breast, they said, which made me feel so much better when they, whenever they said it. But uh, y'all forgot to mention how slow, you forgot to mention the slow-ass beginning for this whole milk production situation. There I was thinking that, you know, my milk was just going to flow out after birth, but nobody mentioned that it was going to take a while, which messed my whole mental up. So then on top of that, baby things didn't have the best latch right after birth and my boob paid the price, right? So it was like one sore nipple without a second one to take some of the heat. It, It wasn't a fun situation. So due to the pain and the discomfort, like I ended up just receiving donor milk um, during our hospital stay. And honestly, I didn't even know donor milk was a thing. Um, And while I was appreciative of it, I simultaneously felt as though I was unable to provide for my child. And I worried about what would happen after I left the hospital. Um, So needless to say, there were tears. So the first lactation specialist that came through to do rounds, she was like the bomb.com. She showed us the different feeding positions. She gave feeding tips and tricks to get the baby off the boob. She left instructions for us to use while she was away. And she gave us like contact information for local specialists um, that we could call once we left the hospital. Now, speaking about leaving the hospital. Uh, Honestly, I wasn't in a rush. I was not in a rush. Why? Because it meant that I would be transitioning from a place where there was ample support to a place where it was just me and my partner left with this teeny tiny human. Nah, be. So I was worried. 
and I was slightly traumatized about the whole sore nipple situation and my milk production. And we ended up leaving the hospital with the maximum um, allowed amount of donor milk. And don't get it twisted, y'all. I know it sounds like donor milk that you're just getting this thing, but donor milk is not free at all. Um, so once I got home, I bought like everything, y'all. I bought all the helpful <laughs> breastfeeding tools, whatever was on Amazon. I'm like, what what can I get to make this breastfeeding situation a little easier and 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 not so not so painful. Um, so high bar, sidebar, sorry. I highly recommend creating a postpartum gift registry or saving some of your gift card stash for after the baby is born, because you really aren't going to know what you need until you need it. Um, so even throughout the journey, like before, before, um, baby things came, we, we were, focused on just going the minimalistic route and honestly I don't have any regrets about that it's like you don't need everything that you see other people have like get the basics for your child I mean that like that that, that's how we did it um it's like get what she needs not what is cute and fuzzy and you know all this extra stuff because it's like number one like I'm not storing things anywhere and I don't want my home to look like it's ran by kids Right. I still want my home to look a certain way. So anyway, that's why we went the minimalistic route. And then we were able to use all the funds that we had left on the things that she actually needed or that I needed. Like once she came and we we got to know, you know, her personality and all these things. So. Back to the story. So we were folks so focused on ensuring that baby things had breast milk that we didn't do a deep dive into researching formula Um. And when we saw how quickly she was flying through the donor milk, more worry set in. So we contacted the milk bank that the lactation specialist recommended. And we sadly found out that there was a donor milk shortage. Now, even though I had a prescription for my donor milk due to the whole breast cancer history, they told me that I didn't qualify. Talk about frustrating so so I did some more research and found another bank in Valhalla, New York, and they honestly were more helpful and they were able to um, give us the maximum amount of donor milk for their for their bank. And since we didn't want to wait on the delivery, we took a little road trip out to Valhalla with baby Tings when she was five days old. And she, yeah, she honestly, she did pretty well. She did pretty well in the car considering uh, her age and her newness to the world. Um, so even with the batch of donor milk from Von Halle, we still needed to come up with a formula plan. And it was a no brainer that we would have to um, hybrid feed and hybrid feed basically is feeding your baby formula and breast milk. Right. Um, and honestly, like formula gets such a bad rap and it definitely has uh, a negative stigma associated with it, especially for folks like me who try to lean towards natural or organic things as much as possible. So we finally got some formula. We initially purchased two types to test out just in case she didn't 
take well to one of them. And we also ordered organic versions from the UK since their standards and factories uh, tend to be far more respectable than those in the in the US. Lo and behold, Baby Tings had some digestive issues with a couple of the regular formulas we tried, which meant hello colic, hello concern and frustration, hello one breast insecurity, hello cancer journey reminder, hello real tears. The formula trial and error period was not fun, but we made it. We made it. And what saved me from mental hell was remembering that solid foods were on the horizon. It was like a light bulb went off. And I remembered that, you know what? Once she hits six months, we can start her on solids. She wouldn't be on formula forever. And we can give her all the natural and organic foods that she likes. And we can supplement it with breast milk. Crisis averted. We about to have spinach and chicken purees up in here. And it's about to be a gourmet baby food factory. I was relieved because it was like, I felt, again, I felt defeated. Like, oh my God, I have to feed my baby formula. But nothing's wrong with formula. I'm a formula baby too. Or I'm a hybrid baby, really. But anyway, seems like Baby Tings prefers hypoallergenic formula. Okay, so that's what we'll continue to give her until she's ready for solid food. Not only is there a donut milk shortage, there's a, a, a formula shortage. And thankfully, we're able to find our preferred formula online and also on the shelves without a problem thus far. And let's just hope that continues. Um, it just sucks that everything out here is just a whole shortage. I just I need I need the America to get it together. Um, so I'm happy to report that my milk production has gotten far better and far better, I would say, than it was right after delivery, which was just sad. Um, and while it was expected to increase naturally, we took some proactive steps to try to get my milk levels up. So this included like pumping on a schedule, ordering special lactation cookies, ordering lactation drops, and even drinking like non-alcoholic beer um, because the contents in there are said to, you know, kind of help things help things along. So the frustrating part of the milk production success is knowing that if I had two working boobs, I could provide even more milk for my child and be less concerned. And there was one point where a small and slightly like painful little bump appeared on the left side of my chest during the the height of my pumping regimen. And it felt similar to the pain that I would get on the right, like if I was overdue for pumping or breastfeeding. And I was like, ain't this disrespectful? The left boob is literally over here trying to activate. And when I spoke to my doctor about it and they, they confirmed that like that was that wasn't abnormal, right, for that to happen. So there, there was some relief there because I was like, oh, shit, what's happening here? But apparently it happens. So to end on a positive note, we're doing great. Our one boob milk production is on point and baby girl's digestive system seems to be regulating itself. And as some of you know, I went to um, Atlanta for Memorial Weekend and I bought back every drop of liquid gold, okay? Pumping and dumping is not an option over here. And getting liquored up to the point of needing to dump my milk is absolutely not worth the sacrifice. Oh, let me not forget to mention this little situation. So the lopsided boob situation. 
So once I got my implant right, I had to wait a bit for it to balance out and match the look of my natural breast, right? So the first time I got the implant, it was very high up and kind of just stuck. And they told me that I had to wait for it to drop naturally. So it finally did. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're even. But since my milk production has been on the rise, my boobs are once again mismatched. So like at any point throughout the day, like it's never consistent, right? Like they, they never match up anymore. So I'm left to basically get creative on how to balance them out. My um, plastic surgeon did remind me that, you know, over time, like I could go back and, and, um, make changes to them after I have kids. But I'm like, yeah, I, I I probably will. I'm like, but more little ones are on the horizon. So I'm certainly not about to adjust my implant size anytime soon. So I'm gonna just have to rock out, rock out like this for a little bit. Uh, bra inserts are going to have to do for now, but honestly, like most of the time I could care less about the lack of symmetry. It's really not bothering me like that. And y'all will be okay. <laughs> Don't look at me. No, sir. I'm sorry. I'm joking. But anyway, I think the only thing left is like, if this little girl could just understand our limitations. Cause I'm like, sis, there's no milk in the left side. So stop smashing your face on it. <laughs> it's the cutest and most hilarious thing ever, but I'm just like, babes, you got to go to the other side. All right. Anyway, that's it. I appreciate you for listening. I'm shocked that this is under 20 minutes and I just want to say shout out to the new mommy class of spring 2022. There's a lot of new babies out here, y'all. I holla. Stay strong. Fourth trimester is a real thing. If you have questions, comments, concerns, mass confusion, hit me up in my DMs on Instagram and I'll be happy to answer them. Uh, All right, that's it. I'm a holla. Later.